0: Hi, good evening, welcome to the latest episode of The Magicast, welcome to episode 119, and welcome to the first episode of 2022. Uh, I'm your host, Scott Munro. Uh, we've got two games to talk about. We've got to talk about Roma's defeat in Milan on Thursday on Epiphany on the first uh, first week day back after 2022, and then we're going to talk about the chaotic game yesterday where Roma were 3-1 up with with 25 minutes to go and seven minutes of madness cost them and Juventus won the game 4-3 and Roma missed the penalty. Uh, With me tonight, I've got James. How are we, James? It's glad to, as we were talking off pod, you're feeling a lot better.
1: Thank you. Yes, thank you.
0: Yeah, it's good to hear your voice is not crackling and you sound a lot healthier than you did (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the 2021 podcast we did. Yeah. And we've also got Imran. How are we, Imran?
2: We're good, thank you.
0: Even after yesterday, but (laughs) the madness of yesterday. Uh,
2: That was was strictly on a personal level, I mean. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, We will start with Thursday. We were talking about the madness of the Serie A on yesterday because... Yesterday, Serie A was mad. And with the other game that kicked off today, me and James are talking off pod. Torino beat Fiorentina 4-0. And that's 36 goals in nine games this weekend. There's another game tomorrow, which is calorie bologna And we had a 1-5, a 2-6, a 3-4, a 4-0. Four, four, I think there was only three home wins in the nine games so far. We'll be talking that afterwards. But we're going to start off with Thursday. Uh, me and Anne, 3 Roma won. A depleted AC Milan side with a centre-back pairing of Pierre Kalulu and Gabia Defended pretty well against the stagnant Roma attack. Um, Tammy Abraham, penalty, handball. Olivier Giroud scored. Junior Messias scored from a uh, Roderick Baniers poor back pass. I uh, capitalised on that. And then Tammy Abraham with a smart finish before half-time. Rick Carslop got sent off. Um, Rafael Dial came on and exploited the Rick Cars thoughts mistake and made it 3-1 Gianluca Mancini got then sent off and Slatar missed a penalty so it was a bit of a chaotic two games for Imran in 2022 I'm going to let you both go on the long run and I'm going to do this for the same uh, Imran I'll come to you first and James I'll come to you afterwards what went wrong um, it was quite a poor start to 2022 going into this game. Um, Roma had a couple of players missing to AFCON. and then there was a suspected COVID case, but I don't know what was going on with that. And then Milan were depleted with COVID injuries and in AFCON. I thought it could be a much closer tie. Uh, Roma didn't turn up, did they, Emran? It was just a very poor performance to start 2022
2: yeah it was uh I agree they just didn't turn up uh, uh everything went wrong from the first minute we uh, we conceded the pen uh, I, actually i think that I felt that we started okay, but then you know we got the penalty decision against us uh which I think was fair if you look at it i mean it was not the natural movement uh, of uh Uh, of that hand, you know. uh, So, it was was unnecessary. It was silly by Tammy Abraham. So, yeah, we concede on the uh, penalty, and then we make a very, very stupid mistake. You know, you cannot make them at this level. Uh, Roger Ibanez, uh, we... we do score uh, 2-1 goal, but then once again... uh, it was just not good enough and the the feeling I got was that Milan won without actually even having uh, you know uh, had to put in any efforts into it they, they won without really actually trying to win that way it, it was too easy for them and what is uh, annoying is that we were the ones that made it, made it easy for them and um i don't know I, I don't know how much more you can say uh about the game apart from the fact that uh it was uh, a bit un- unexpected because i would have expected us to be um a bit better considering uh, uh how like you mentioned um affected Milan were of, you know, the absences. So, yeah, that that was very disappointing. I know the referee uh, was a hot topic um, due to some incidents. But once again, I, I don't think that's, that's a good enough excuse. Um, he had a poor game, yes, but probably... A, some decisions could have gone in our favor, but I, I I don't think they are decisive for the for the for the performance. I mean, we can't blame the performance on uh on on that because um, we'll speak about the Juventus game. But uh, overall, I would say, yeah, not the best uh, performance by the referee either. But yeah, not a, not a great alibi uh, on a night like that.
0: No, I will. I will mention something about the referee. Um, is it seven officials now in the twenty? And now twenty-one, twenty-two games this season. Now been suspended. It's a it's a pattern that's happening quite a lot on Roma games. Um, is that down to Mourinho? It
2: it could be. Uh, it could be some you know unconscious psychology there which uh, plays in effect Uh, and uh, but once again we have had a lot of controversies in our games but we have to also remember that they haven't always been against us because Mm -hmm. there are there have been controversies that both teams have been affected by but nevertheless it shouldn't affect um, shouldn't affect a top quality match or Matches in general, but uh, I think Roma have been probably on the wrong end when it comes to refereeing decisions. Uh, uh against, we've been hard done in on, on many occasions, but I still believe that it doesn't shouldn't take away the focus from the other problems that this team has because uh, we've had, uh, We've had other matches where the referees have been, um, you know, spot on. Uh, had perfect uh, matches where we didn't show up show up. So I think it would be too easy to to blame uh, the refs. But yeah, they have played a part. But I, I I don't think if we if we take away the mistakes by the referees, uh, I don't think we would have been. That much higher up in the table, although it's frustrating, yeah.
0: No, I completely agree. Um, uh, James, I'm gonna let you go off off the long run, probably for the first time tonight. What were your thoughts on Thursday's game? Do you echo what echo what Imran was talking and myself was talking about?
1: I do. I think um the all I would say about the referees performance was that um uh, I did read that he wasn't actually suspended but he was given a turn ah. of rest but um, okay. I, I don't you know uh, well, a turn of rest and a suspension is uh, could, you know it could be uh, sort of one and the same thing but I thought it was very harsh the the uh, the penalty kick but that aside it would I think the the theme throughout these recent months have been that even if we have been penalised by some refereeing decisions, that the overall pattern of results would have been, by and large, pretty similar to what we've had so far. And I think the um, the critical thing was that while Milan, and this is where Pioli's done a great job in giving that team an identity, is yes, they were short of personnel and they, you know, they didn't have their usual quality players available, but they still knew what they were doing, they knew their roles, they knew their uh, their game plan, which is very effective, pressuring high up the pitch to recover the ball, which is what happened uh, when the goal, for the second goal where Ibanez was pressured and lost, uh, uh, they were pressuring our defence and we lost possession. It worked perfectly for them. They recovered the ball just outside the box and uh, it was a great finish um, for the sec- uh, their second goal. And... Um, uh we you know what and of course we did score a very good goal that was a brilliant finish by Tammy Abraham but um uh overall it's it's lackluster we we give the impression of being lackluster i think because of the way we play the way we're set up to play and you know more conservatively um not going into games on the front foot um, and and that was the irony. Yesterday, you could say, well, that didn't apply for the first hour or so yesterday. And um, but and I think the 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 work done at Trigoria on the training ground, if if what we see on the on the stadium pitches is a product of that, then the work being done in the attacking phase of the game. I know we're conceding a lot of goals as well. I mean, that's seven. Uh, eight in the last three games, seven in the last two games, um, but nevertheless, the, the 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 work being done on the training ground with regard to the attacking phase is um, doesn't seem to be very good quality at all. And considering the players we have available, you know, I mean, I'm of the opinion that we have the players to play better and with a different, you know, with um, uh, set up differently and and coach differently, we would see that.
0: We were talking off pod, pre-pod, sorry, James, that with the players that we've got, you just mentioned it, we should be having a bit more attacking style of football. Do you feel that the style of football that Mourinho has done, I would probably say since Bodo Glimp to now, do you think that's uh, hurt the players? And probably uh, up until yesterday, the, the, the shackles were released for 65 minutes, but like, On Thursday, it was quite hard to watch. It was quite laboured. And and, and games like we were talking about, the Udinese game, we made Udinese look like a decent side. And they've struggled this season in games. And then against Torino, against actually a pretty good Torino side, we looked like the away team. And then on on Thursday, it was quite hard to watch. Do you think it's just the, the style of football that, we are playing in recent months has is, is hurt the players.
1: I do, yes. And it was hard to watch. I think you're exactly right. And it's, it's, it's been a theme this season that, that even if, like, if you think back to last season when, OK, you know, there were spells when results weren't good, particularly in the league towards the latter part of the season when we were concentrating more on the Europa League competition. But, um, you know, the, the team was generally good to watch. The, the, the quality of football was 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 attractive, but some of the performances this season have been really uh you know uh quite off putting and um too conservative, t- um uh not utilising the players' strengths enough and um and I think that's why we've you know, I would say we've got way, way below a hundred percent out of the the squad that we have available, you know. I would say we're probably punching at around about half or even less of, mm. of, of potential, you know, if you were trying to quantify it.
0: Yeah. Imran Dweck has those thoughts um, about the style of football and trying to get the best out of the players. It looks like some players are like, I want to say Nicolò Zaniolo and I will make a point about him. He seems to be struggling in a Jose style of football.
2: Well, there are many players, but I think it's unfair to single out individuals. Oh, because of course. Yeah. The- because i think it's uh, it's a collective failure um and uh, as a result of that you will have games where some players um, struggle let's say uh, the the two ge- the last two games you saw the defense struggling mm. uh and they were exposed had poor games uh okay the first game yes due to down to uh, individual mistakes but uh, and then you have other games where, uh, I mean, you, you can look at it in this way that, yes, the last two games were against, you know, quality opponent, uh, top teams. And we we were exposed uh, defensively. And what that uh, was a result of, I mean, whether you call it mentality, tactics, that's, that's another discussion we can take it to. But uh, I think it has been... More or less a pattern apart from probably in the Napoli game where we looked solid, good, good defensively. Probably a reaction after the Buda Glimp loss. Uh, so, and when you have uh, the supposedly weaker opponents, we struggle to dominate those games, and our attackers um, look poor. So, I think. Um, yeah, I think it would be unfair to sing a lot individuals, but there are some players who have been, you know, underwhelming uh, con- compared to others. Um, Jordan Vertu has been disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's struggling to dominate games. He had a good start to the season, looked dangerous, scored goals, but now he he, he he's not able to control the midfield, and uh, I think. That's also a reason why we, you know, we give away uh, and we're not ab- able to apply pressure in dangerous positions where a team should uh, to protect the area in front of the defense. Um, yeah, we, we will come back to concrete examples. But let's say the, the space that DiBala got yesterday for the mm-hmm. equalizer, um, you know, you, you cannot Give away space like that. So, although credit to him, he's he's very good at finding space. Uh, but still, um, and th- that's something very unusual from Mourinho's side because usually they're really good and tactically disciplined. Uh, so uh, I don't know how to explain this. I mean, uh, a Mourinho team conceding seven goals in two games—you know—was unheard of fifteen years ago. Uh, his, I think, his Chelsea side conceded fifteen. Legals in Premier League in his first season, mm. and you know, for, for for a coach who has been identified and uh, recognized as one of the greatest coaches when it comes to tactical uh, discipline, defensive organization, to see his teams, uh, you know, um, mm. succumb to teams like that in that way, in that fashion it was unheard of. Uh, so I'm, I'm struggling to understand that. I have to admit, I mean, I think it's too easy to say that a coach is finished and that he's not uh, up to it. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's the conclusion, but we have to, we have to find what the reasons are uh, for that. And uh, to be honest, I'm struggling because I think, yeah, although football has evolved and become more aggressive, you know, high Pressure game, more aggressive pressing. Uh, I, I would struggle uh, to believe that a, a team or a coach like Morini would struggle in this way. And I don't think it's entirely down to uh, having probably not the best squad. Uh, you can still play, you have a lot of um, tactically solid uh, Serie A teams uh, with not the best. Uh, Best squad, but still playing very organized. So I, I'm struggling to I'm struggling to understand what's going on here.
0: My final point on Thursday's game, and we've all talked about it this season. I think James in our WhatsApp group and on the pod, and I'll ask both of you. Discipline has been a massive problem in this side this season, hasn't it? Especially yeah. with the two sending offs on Thursday.
1: Yeah, and I don't think he's helped at all in, in that regard because he's been too, like some of the hysteria that you saw, um, we we're discussing earlier, the, the, the game against Napoli where, mm-hmm. you know, um, that some of his hysterical reactions seem to have got through to the team and whining and constantly, and, and to go into a game with the, with the kind of mentality that, that, um, you know you, you you could be on the wrong end of unfavorable decisions by the officials and then the first time there's a a player gets as you know uh, an indication that that might have happened you it's it, then you risk losing your focus concentration and so on so i think that i think he doesn't help in that regard um uh and if i remember correctly under fonseca by and large we were a pretty well disciplined team And um, and as a general rule, as well, when you're underperforming, I think you you do start to have disciplinary problems. And we are clearly underperforming, and there's no, you know, I don't think I think it'd be virtually impossible for anyone to deny that. So it's not not surprising that we would have disciplinary problems
0: as a result of that. I think when you said the words underperforming, I think most Roma fans will see it as that way. I think the fans of a coach will probably say it a def- a different way um I probably i'm a probably a kind of worms there saying that uh Imran do you echo james's thoughts about the discipline
2: yes i do uh, i think it has been a problem uh, part of that might be might i mean surely has to be uh due to my union' um leadership well um I would say. Uh, his uh, man management, leadership qualities, his, uh, yeah, like James said, whining and hysteria. I think that affects the players. And second of, I mean, on top of that, if you add the fact that we have been underperforming, that's another uh, factor which plays in a role. So a combination of those two factors, yeah.
0: Okay, guys, I think we talked enough about Thursday's game. Uh, Shall we get to the, the meat of the, uh, the problem and talk about yesterday's carnage, chaotic? It must have been fun for the neutral, but for us fans of both clubs, it must have been torture. Uh, so it was Rome 3, Juventus 4. It was also A- Ainsley Maitland-Niles' debut. Um, he, was, he was one of three Englishmen to start yesterday um, with Chris Smalling and Tammy Abraham in the, uh, in the starting lineup, As I said, it was Roma 3, Juve 4. Roma came out the gun, just come out all guns blazing, sorry. Uh, Tammy Abraham scoring a, a very good header. Uh, I think it was a, a set piece they may have worked on because Juve were defending quite poorly from set pieces and were defending zonally and um, Abraham got in front of Raghani and as Imran said, Palad Bala scored a wonderful equaliser where no one closed him down. I think if we had a defensive midfielder in the setup that we played, I think he would have been closed down quick quicker. And then two two really good goals, well worked goals, one from a set piece and Henrik McEtayan with a deflected effort in second half and Lorenzo Pellegrini's free kick. And then Juventus made some changes. I think Jose failed to react and brought on more attacking players and seven minutes of absolute carnage. And I think it's one that it was peak Roma. I don't think I've seen Roma mentally disintegrate like that for a long while. I thought Old Trafford probably the few times that Roma played at Old, Tra- Old Trafford were quite bad um, against Fiorentina and the Coppa Italia, um, against Bayern Munich, just the list goes on. But yeah, Um Manuel Locatelli, it was Dejan Kulasevski and Mattia Tisiglio with, with the winner. Lorenzo Pellegrini then missed a penalty. For me, probably not the worst penalty I've seen this weekend. Gabriel Jesus at the game I was at on Friday was probably up there with the worst penalty I've seen this week. But, oh my days, it's, I still... Almost 24 hours later, I have no idea what happened. Um, James, I'm going to start with you because we were talking off-pod about this. What the fuck happened yesterday?
1: <laughs> well, I think what was interesting was, you know, we've talked about um, the tactics and the game plan, and I think things work very well, and we played more mm. progressive football for that first hour or so. But one thing that I don't think we made enough of of, of the possession and the and 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 uh the opportunities that presented themselves because it looked to me that really our um chances to score were by and large limited to restarts you know we didn't carve out for the possession we had we didn't and and, and again i don't think it's the players fault it's um i think it's the way that, that, that they're being coached that that they didn't carve out enough opportunities and score enough goals and put Juventus under the kind of pressure and make Chesney make the kind of saves that you would expect for, for, for the possession we had, um, you know, in their half. And uh, I think that the in terms of what actually happened, uh, why things, you know, turned around so um, quickly was because they made two substitutions. Um, they brought on Arta and Marata, and it totally changed the dynamic and they were able to, Um, and they obviously took a chance, excuse me, by pushing more players forward. Mm. And, uh, and we didn't react to that. I mean, already, actually, I would say before the substitution, you could see Juventus were pushing, you know, two goals adrift. They had to take a chance. And, uh, and, and we didn't react to that at all. And Mourinho didn't react. And by the time he did react, it was too late and we'd lost the initiative. And uh, I think it could have helped the, team a lot more there Um, and the penalty kick at the end again I I, in my opinion that wasn't I I, I thought that was a very harsh decision but Pellegrini would have probably scored the rebound actually if you look at it he just slipped at the the crucial moment that's why the ball went uh, to the wide so um, but I I think um, it was basically uh, the reason Juventus won the game was because they they took the initiative, they, they realised the situation and they d- did something positive about it. And that o- often happens in football. When you do something positive and, you know, to try and remedy the problems you've got, you gen- you often get rewarded. And we were too passive and, and inactive. Um,
0: and, we you know, I think that's why we fell victim to that. Do you... I'll ask this as a broad question. Do you feel that's a th- fault of the players or a fault with the coach? In my opinion
1: it's a fault of the coaching. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: Um also, because um, there was a change of shape as well. Uh, Roman went to uh, look like an old like a 442 diamond and the four-two-three-one with Felix wide left. Do you feel James, do you feel that could be the end of the three-man defence or is it just Mourinho just thinking, okay, I've got horses for courses here. I've not got Mancini. I've not got Karlsdorp. I've got a new guy coming in from Arsenal as a debutant. Do you think I had to play this system just for the Juve game and I could play go back to the back three for the game against Calgary next weekend? Well,
1: Maitland-Niles played well.
0: Actually, I thought he played well. He did. He He did. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I was really impressed with it. I
1: was. Yeah. Um, I I would say I don't know. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if he reverts with Mancini available back to Mm. a back three, or or um, sticks with a back four. Now he has a bit more, you know, cover and options available. Of course, Karlsdorp fitness permitting, will return to uh, as well for the next game. So. I'm not sure, to be honest.
0: No, no, that's fair enough. I, I always have these thoughts with being a Roma fan and seeing Jose do tactical setups because I do like my tactics and it's just like, oh, he's gone like that. He went for, it looked like a diamond, going to a 4-2-3-1. He's played three at the back. Um, could he go back? But I think if he goes back with to the back four, he has to get a defensive midfielder because as Imran said earlier, and I think Imran will talk about it when I ask him in a sec, the first Juve goal was a massive error by the midfield, and at times they looked a little bit overrun. But Imran just wanted to get your thoughts on yesterday's performance. I could feel that like you like, <laughs> could get off the long run. Yeah, well, actually, I, I
2: thought, uh, you know, apart from the blackout, uh, the, you know, those seven minutes or whatever, yeah. where we considered three goal. I think apart from that, the first 70 minutes, I think we. Played, We played very well. I mean, I think we played a type of football that I've been wanting to see all season. High-pressing game. We came out there. Uh, we put pressure on them. Uh, we controlled the midfield, which was quite unusual to see. And uh, we were not that inferior in terms of possession that we normally are, uh, despite going a goal up. And then after the equaliser, I, th- I felt that... Um, uh we we reacted well uh so i was i was quite happy with the perform i was quite happy with the performance in the first half i was very happy with the first uh, let's say yeah 20 minutes uh of the second half i think uh, we, we- we did exactly what we wanted to do. Uh, we managed to uh, find spaces uh, because we had uh, good movement. We continued to press high, and uh, uh, and we got uh, f- you know free kicks in dangerous positions. You, you saw that Felix was uh, uh, you know applying good pressure, uh, winning uh, free kicks in dangerous positions. So so I was very happy with that. But then. Uh I really cannot explain what happened. Uh, I think part of what happened was that it was a great reaction from Juventus, uh, the changes they made. And I think that was the moment where we had to close down. Hmm. Uh, that was the moment where you had to revert to a three-man defense. Yes, completely
0: because, agree. Uh, uh,
2: because, oh, okay, it's easy to say uh um with the result in hand but and we were probably we were probably unjustly done with you know two goals in two minutes or so but i think Mourinho probably would have done that uh if you had given him 2 3 minutes but uh and you know it was he probably didn't expect them to equalize so quickly but um it, overall it, it was uh Uh, those chaotic minutes, you know, seven minutes with blackout, I'm struggling to explain, I'm struggling to understand what exactly happened because I would have expected the team to be uh, on top of their toes, uh, more uh, tactically aware, uh, more uh, more prone uh, to mistakes than... Than they actually were. No, I mean more prone to, uh, you know, being immune to those mistakes due to the performance that we were having. So I I, I was surprised by that. And it, the first goal uh, of uh, Locatelli, it was uh, that that was poor by Ainsley because he he just moved away from Locatelli, <laughs> and he should have been he should have been you know challenging for that header so that was poor i know you said that he had a good game he was slaughtered in the italian media he was uh, yeah
0: that was a bit do you think that's a bit harsh
2: i think it was a bit harsh uh because uh, they're missing the context he, yeah. he just came 2 days ago that's one thing i think he he had some good initiatives what i liked about him that he was calm under pressure uh he didn't let uh, you know the game get the the moment get to him. Uh, you know we have to remember he's young; he's twenty four years old. And uh, but still, I think uh, the moment where he should have you know gone all in uh, and challenged Locatelli for the header that's a moment which psychologically and uh, uh, changes the momentum of the game in Juventus' favor. So obviously, it was a decisive, decisive moment uh but uh, once again unfair to single out uh individual seriess uh Mourinho said that uh it was due to mentality he has not, he hasn't seen you know a team with this weak mentality and he could be onto something I know that in the previous games I have said that. Mentality shouldn't have been the issue because you know we were playing weaker opponents, and I don't understand how you can blame not beating you know Sampdoria or conceding a Sampdoria two mentality. But yesterday, yesterday's game, uh, it's it, it it's as if something happens when you concede that goal, something psychologically, mentally, which we have seen this team, uh, which we have seen happening to this team a lot. Uh, more often or more frequently than it happened to regular teams. I don't know what that's down to because I've seen it too too often. I've seen it under different uh, coaches. I've seen it under different captains. I've seen it under different ownerships. Uh, so whether that's down to uh the coach he's partly to blame because he didn't react quickly enough uh in terms of tactics uh to close down uh the game i mean uh, that's one thing where he where he, you know he should take his part of blame but uh, the 7 minutes uh with that blackout it's uh it's very difficult to explain because it shouldn't happen uh if you have a mature Squad with the uh, you know strong mentality, and they won't allow this to happen. Unfortunately, we don't have that. I mean, we have a good captain. He's very charismatic. He's Roman, but he's uh, he doesn't have that mentality. He, in terms of mentality, he's just as fragile as the others. Uh, I think probably the only one, um, or one of the few players that I would. Uh, you know, the mentality I would highlight would be Rui Patricio. Uh, Mm, Yeah, I I agree with that. I think he has has that win... Yeah, a stronger mentality. I won't say winning mentality, but he has a strong mentality. Uh, And um, apart from that, I mean, uh, the other players... I'm sorry, but I'm struggling to see, uh, you know, real... Real players with strong mentality. I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about a mentality like Strutman, Kolarov. Uh, not, not talking about. Uh, not talking about uh, quality. I'm just talking about personalities, uh, characteristics. Uh, you know, the player, Burdisso, very strong mentality. You know, these are the type of players you want to have in the dressing room on the pitch because when you look at these players, they you can read their body language. They don't buckle under pressure. These guys, they are firm, steady, solid, and you can even gain, you know, confidence. You can gain some sort of confidence just by you know playing alongside them because these things it transmits. And I think yesterday, uh, when we considered the second goal and then the third, I think the team was crippling. It was uh, it was obvious, and then uh, we could have somehow. Uh, saved some face by scoring the penalty, but then we miss it in the most ridiculous fashion. It is—it's such a poor penalty. I mean, I, I would have expected full force, go for it, and smash, then,
0: smash it down the middle.
2: Smash it. Choose a corner. Go yeah. for it. Don't don't get. Uh, don't let yourself be fooled by you know the, the tricks that mm, the goalkeeper plays, and then um, he gets a second chance, and he. Totally fumbles that too, so that was that was such an anticlimax to the great sixty-five, seventy-five minutes that this team played. I mean, I've been going on a long run here. I've, been, I, I've said I've said a lot here, but I still cannot explain what happened apart from a complete blackout, which is once again, which is not unusual for this team. We have seen this team throw away uh you know three goals leads before uh on many occasions in um, this time it was a two goal lead but still it was a comfortable lead in a game where you are dominating you have you're in complete control and then uh you just give it away in you just give it away but what i would also like to say is that the performance i can Perhaps, probably, forgive this performance. If we continue to play with this type of football, this is what I want to see. If we can continue like this, then you know I'd be happy because then I would be seeing something which uh, which I think suits modern football. This is something <laughs> which is uh, uh, something we've all been wanting to see. But then, if we revert back to Catanacho against you know. Lecce. Yeah, I I I believe we play Lecce on Thursday.
0: I think it's next Thursday. Next Thursday. Yeah, that's, is it James it's the 20th? The Thursday the 20th. Right, yes. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. were yeah. talking. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yes.
2: yeah, But yeah, if we if we go back to the I would I would call it catenaccio because it, that's the feeling I've got uh from the from the matches we played. Okay, we have Cagliari next. Uh we have Lecce, we have Empoli, Genoa. I mean, if we don't get four wins here, on top of that, you know, playing with a similar style that we did yesterday, then uh, then I don't I I, I don't see how uh, this can potentially get any better. Uh, so I hope it was not a one-off incident. If we can build on that, then perhaps uh, with new personnel, a uh, Mercato in the summer, there could be something to look forward to. But for this season in Serie A I think it's over. I don't think we have anything to play for unfortunately. For me this for me the season is over when it when it comes to Serie A. I think the only thing we can um, aim for is uh, pr- you know try to win the Conference League <laughs> and perhaps Coppa Italia. Uh, that's it and try to build something you know for the next season uh, with uh, preferably the type of football that we played um, uh, yeah, for seventy minutes against Juventus yesterday. Uh, then, then I have something to. Then I can be, you know, I can forgive what uh, happened bec- yesterday uh, to an extent. I mean, you can never forgive uh, what happened, but I think it would have been worse if we lost four three, having played the way we did against Milan. If that was yeah. the case, then then I would have, you know, buried Mourinho a long time ago. But I think. Uh, I hope that uh we can we can build on this and and, and talk talk about formation sorry for keeping it too long now but no no it's good you, keep going you, keep going you spoke about the formation uh yesterday yeah four two three one uh it was good to see the formation again, especially uh, when we pressed like that I think it was easier to control the midfield uh and apply uh, higher pressure with the formation yesterday, the only team the the only thing that this team lacks is like i said the 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 defensive midfielder for the four two three one
0: yeah, I completely agree with that someone who actually does sit in front of the back four and doesn't move and just stays there and then screens. so you could have had someone man marking thebai yesterday for the first goal. But sadly, he had all the space in, of Rome in front of goal and scored a wonderful goal. And I, if you play 4 one you have to be very disciplined, the two central midfielders. And I don't think we've got that, especially with Jordan Verrattu. He likes a Rome. I was just wondering, could you play him a bit further forward? But that's probably just overthinking it. Um, talking about yesterday's game, I think Jody, who's been on the podcast, has just summed it up brilliantly. Um it's not a Turbay. It's not Chic. It's not EDF. It's not Spalletti. It's not Sabatini. It's not Monchi. It's not Fonseca. It's not Mourinho. It's Roma heartbreak. I think that just pretty much sums up yesterday in a in a nutshell, doesn't it, guys? It's just we've seen this Roma. I think I've seen it since the eighteen nineteen years I've supported them. I imagine you two have supported the club a little bit longer than I have. We've seen these incidents happen way too much and I think it's going to continue a lot more in in the distant future. I don't know if you guys would agree with me.
1: Yeah, but the point that has been raised on here and elsewhere in the past is that when you pay for a coach like Mourinho, you know, he has to come with added value. Of course, yes. And these these sorts of things that you might see now and again with other coaches, you know, clearly the, the, the expectation was that you wouldn't, you wouldn't see that sort of thing with Mourinho. I remember that was the one thing that occurred to me when it was announced that he would be coming, that, oh, I wonder if those kind of uh, bizarre games would will be, you know, you could basically archive them now. You won't see those games. And they're obviously, that's really had two in five months. Yeah. You know, the away game against Bodo Glimt and now this. And I would say that while I would certainly... You know uh it would certainly make yesterday's game more acceptable if if we, we would see it uh, you know how we played in that first hour or so, although I still have reservations about how well we used possession i don't think we used it well enough um uh you know when we were in the ascendancy um i my I would say that if I was forecasting for the next few games that we'll revert to what we've seen for most of this season and playing more cautiously carefully uh sacrificing attack f- for uh trying not to concede a goal i mean you can use terms like catenaccio <laughs> it's quite hard although i wouldn't disagree with it but um but yeah so i would uh, unfortunately i don't see uh, a kind of uh, revolution happening uh on the back of Say the first hour or so of yesterday's game.
0: That, that's fair enough. Um, I want to talk about a, a bad moment that happened in the game, and also it came out today that this player, um, sadly Federico Chiesa, is going to miss the rest of the season with a quite a nasty knee injury, and that's bad luck for Italy going forward in the uh, in the game yeah. against uh, the semi-final and potentially the final. It looked a horrific injury didn't it it was it was so horrible I did not um because small in won the challenge earlier and then completely won the ball but his knee when he turned I feared the worst and now sadly it's been confirmed he's going to be out for the season it's a massive blow for Italy going forward isn't it James
1: it is very much so yeah I was hoping when he could walk off with help I was hoping it would be something uh, that maybe bruising that would prevent him finishing the game but then he recovered quite quickly and that news was very uh so ter- absolutely terrible for Italy in particular and um uh, and ironically it came from an excellent tackle i mean it wasn 't even a foul, you know it was a really really good tackle and uh it was so unfortunate and uh yeah um yeah there's not not much more. I one can say really no I
0: do feel like this game is cursed in the last couple of years because you saw the two knee injuries two years ago I think it's almost two years to the day I think the two year anniversary is the 12th so that's uh, Wednesday uh, yeah oh. that is correct so yeah of um, Mehdi Demiral and Nicolo Zaniolo tearing, uh, doing their ACLs so we've had three big injuries I would say season ending you for Zaniolo, he's had two ACL injuries, and he's. I think he's maybe finding it a bit tough to come back from that. Um, but yeah, this game is, this Romeo Juve game is cursed with knee injuries, isn't it, James? Because remember the game two years ago? That was, Zaniolo went down, and then I, th- I think it may have been not long after, or it may have been before. My memory's not the greatest on that game. Uh, but Demerara went down injured, and it was just, oh God, it was a bit chaotic.
1: Yes, I can remember the incident with Zaniolo when he made that excellent run into the Juventus half running towards the Curva Sword and then, uh, you know, pulled up with his injury. And, uh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. There were two in that game, corresponding game, two seasons ago.
0: Yeah, I uh, wish, wish Feder- Federico Chiesa the, the best going forward and uh hope he makes a speedy recovery and hope he comes back better and just wishing him all the best. Um I do have some questions. Um, I think Imran sent something out. He said, we're recording a new episode. Questions, comments. um, Two sent in saying, don't record. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) Um, uh, Greg sent in, what's next? How do they bridge the gap from the team that's not bad to one pushing for the title? Is it purely the talent pool? For years, it's been so close, but not good enough. Now we aren't even that. What has to happen? Can't say much coach change in response and then he goes my pod my rules lol at the end and also we've got one in from uh, uh, is it Airstall I apologise if completely botched it Um, with potentially Sergio coming in wouldn't it be wise to find one more to be his backup in case of injury? Surely ain't veritude. Fans been talking how they wish Raja was still here. I have seen some posts about Raja England recently. Um, so surely there's some cheap loan option to cover Sergio. We know Roman's cursed luck. Um, so James, how would you... I'll go Greg's question. What's next?
1: Well, I think it's more incremental rather than making a jump to being Scudetto contenders. I think if you look at the way Milan have done it, they've gradually mm. built up their squad. Yes. And they've they've found uh, a coach that they can have confidence in and uh, renew that confidence by extending his contract, giving him that self-confidence. So um, I think it's more going to be, you know, like an incremental step-by-step approach. Um, but... Obviously, you know, you need to find the right formula. And it's clear that at the moment we haven't found the right formula and whether that will require something, you know, I know the one of the conditions on the question was uh, not a coaching change, but it may <laughs> be going forward that that, that will be uh, need to be looked at, you know, uh, come the end of the season.
0: And on the other question, would you, with um, the new... Sergio Oliveira potentially coming in. I think he's rumoured to come in tomorrow. Um, Portuguese midfielder, which Roma will trying to get in the summer as well. I think he's been on the radar for a long while. Um, I think, I hope he's not turning into another Nacho. Do you remember Nacho, the Real Madrid defender, which was linked with, excuse me, with Roma for about four years? Could you see someone coming in as well? Maybe another backup? Or is that just maybe too many bodies in central midfield? Yeah, I would doubt that, to be honest. I think this will... I would
1: expect that this would conclude particularly because both transfers that we made, uh, so far would have been loans. So it's not like that. there's a, it appears there's a lot of resources available. So, um, I would, wouldn't really expect much else after this, to be honest.
0: No, I think it's going to be a quiet window. Um, we're recording on the 10th, so we've got three weeks. um, Yeah, Roma have been linked with a couple of players in the defensive midfield. I know Dennis Zakaria from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, Kamara. Yeah, it's Kamara from Marseille. I think he looks like to be leaving in the summer and it's going to be bad news for Marseille because I think he's out of contract. Yes, that's right. I think a lot of players will be running down their contracts and leaving for free in the summer um, because they are entitled to, and they're entitled to speak to clubs now. Um, 30th December was the magic date where you could talk to clients. I say clients, football players who have less than six months left on their contract. And look what we saw over the winter break. We saw Lorenzo Insignia with his protracted move to Toronto FC come to fruition and he leaves in the summer, so you might see um, some players who could potentially leave now for a fee. Will leave for a summer and have some lucrative offers in the summer. I think Zachariah was one. Um, is it Grillich, the Austrian yes. midfielder, was one from Hoffenheim and Camara. I think there was another right back from Standard Liege, which was looked at. There's. There were so many. There was a a vice backup for Rui Patricia. I think it was Neto from Valencia. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's going to be, I think this transfer window will be quiet and depending where Roma finishes in the summer, I think there could be a big overhaul in the summer. I think Roma might get rid of some players in the first team. And I think you might see a style of, change of of squad turnover, but I don't know if you would, would agree with that, James.
1: Uh, well, I, I quite like the squad at the moment. And like I said, uh, uh, I'd like to see us try and get closer to a hundred percent output from what we've got at the moment, you know, and that's obviously, you know, while taking to certainly accepting, you know, if people say you can improve things, of course you can always improve things, but I'd like to see us get closer to, uh, the potential from, from this squad
0: yeah i completely agree um i think that pretty much wraps everything we've wanted to talk about we've gone close to an hour um guys you can follow us at lemagicast.com and you can find all our previous podcasts on there you can find us on apple podcast uh stitcher soundcloud uh spotify Podbean, and then any other podcast platforms that you find uh james imran thank you very much for joining me on the first podcast of 2022 and ranting and getting it all out of the open about roma's poor start to 2022 i hope you guys who have listened when it comes out in the next day or so find it a bit therapeutic
1: thank you
2: thank you thank you uh, just to finish off just wanted to say uh uh, perhaps uh, one thing that could uh, indicate that Roma will play differently and um, perhaps more high pressing game is that we've got a new assistant coach we don't have Joao Sacramento, Sacramento. Yes, he went
0: to Benfica beat didn't he
2: yes That's we do have Salvatore Forti he is attack minded as uh, I mean from the little I read about him the only thing the only reservation i have is that he's young he's 33 years old uh, he's pa- previously been part of Marco Giampaolo's uh, coaching staff as a technical coach as i say so now he's the new assistant assistant coach so perhaps uh, his input or his uh, ideas in um, the training pitch uh, could uh, you know affect uh, the style of play um, and perhaps that we take a different direction that's something worth uh, mentioning
0: that was a good little nugget to end on thank well, you very yeah. much for that imran thank you. Um, cheers for thank that you. Uh, guys Always. Yeah guys thank you very much for joining and um it's been a pleasure talking with you guys for an always close to an hour getting your thoughts on the game yesterday and the game on sun uh on Thursday I don't know what day it is it's, they they roll into one so far in 2022 um so Roma played Calorie next and then got Lecce and then got Empoli and then it's the the international break for the South American World Cup qualifiers which in January is a bit a bit missed because you always thought it would be in March. But guys, thank you very much for joining me and always remember Fossa Roma and ciao. Ciao.
2: Ciao.